I don't want people to know I do. I don't want people. I'm embarrassed. I don't want people listening to this because Luke. So basically what happened was Luke met some of my friends from work and they follow each other on Instagram. So Luke was posting stories of the Talking Hockey podcast and they saw at work. (laughs) (laughs) And so people know about this now. And that's kind of embarrassing. I thought why is that embarrassing? People, yeah, that's why embar- you okay, just first been of all, first of all, it. I've just been why? telling people. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> also you have the video on. I look like a friggin' IT man right now because I got my friggin' work headset on. I don't want yeah. people seeing this. That's fine. <laughs> uh, oh, don't worry, Shy. This is gonna be cut out. This will just be for our time. We go live sometimes. Like, come on. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite. Producer Luke here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use, leave a review on Apple, visit our website, TalkingHockeyPodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at TalkingHockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. This week's episode, we're doing 2017 and 2018 redrafts and then going over Bob Murray and Carey Price very quickly at the end. So let's get into the episode now. I'm not angry. I'm just uncomfortable. (laughs) Okay. Now we're in. Okay. Good. 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 That makes us all happy. Put yourself in uncomfortable positions. That's That's where growth and character building comes from. Putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. Oh, Eric, by the way, you should read the book uh, Predictably Irrational. I think you'd enjoy it. Okay. I'll check it out. Add it to the list. Download it for free. Okay, Eric, tell us what we're doing today. Uh, we're redrafting the 2017 and 2018 drafts. I think we'll spend a little bit more time on the 2017 draft because, you know, there's an extra year of development there. And a lot more of these guys have uh, got into the NHL so far versus, you know, the 2018 draft, obviously, since it's an extra year of development. We'll probably do the top like 20 to 25 of 2017 and then do the top 10 to 15 of 2018 depending on you know how much we have to say. I know uh, Ty has quite a few takes on the 2018 draft that he wants to make regarding uh, Rasmus Dahlin, uh, which he's looking slightly, slightly more correct as the uh, as time goes on. But every, we'll get to that I in a minute. I swear to God, every Buffalo game, Eric, am I not sending you a clip of Rasmus Dahlin <laughs> getting absolutely walked? It, it, it's looking, <laughs> it is looking not good. I will say that. To uh, put it bluntly, and honestly, like you, wa- the the worst part is it's not like he's getting walked in a good way. It's getting walked in like well, it's a, getting walked just, in a good way, like walked like a dog. Like explain getting walked like, in a good way. Wa- walked in a good way means like you know it was a really good piece of skill that got him got the guy past him. Oh, like Trevor you know, like Moore. If you, if you get blasted, yeah. yeah. If you get blasted by by Trevor Moore, you know. Or on equal level, Connor McDavid, you know, the very equivalent talents. Um, it, you know, you could say fair game, but, you know, even Tyler Bertuzzi, good player, but that play that he got turned around on was literally just him going to the left and then go, just pulling the puck to his left and then pulling it inside. <laughs> and it was like, Darlene just chased the puck. And it's like the complete opposite of anything they teach you when you learn how to play defense, which is, you know, play the body, not follow the puck. And yes. uh, I, I, like, I don't Shouldn't know what we be starting with 2017 is doing yeah, 2017. Sorry. Anyways, we're starting with 2017. We're going off of the Corey Pronman redraft uh, rankings. 
He uh, did his rankings for 2017 all the way up to 2020, I believe. So we're going to go through those. I'll link uh, the uh, article in the episode perfect. description. Yeah, I can send it to you. And if you subscribe, you can read it. Uh, I can't read it. So <laughs> well, I we'll go over it can. all right now. Tier one. So he has it broken down into different tiers, essentially. So the first tier is only one player in 2017. And the name is Kale McCarr. Uh, number one. I uh, don't think there's going to be a lot of argument here. Uh, I think there are some people that would argue Elias Pettersson should be in the tier one as well. Maybe even Miro Heiskanen, depending on how some people feel about Heiskanen. But nobody else kind of comes close to those top three players. They're all in individual tiers of their own. Top The first tier is projected NHL elite NHL player and then tier two is projected bubble elite NHL player and NHL all-star um based off of Corey Prondman's words I don't know why Elias Pettersson is in that second tier I don't know what do you think Ty slash Martin um yeah because you're asking the pro scouts here not Luke good good choice yeah yeah exactly um, <laughs> Pettersson I think is like he started out really really well I know he was injured a lot of last year, but I don't feel that he was great when he was playing. Like when he first came in the league, like the guy was, was, it was crazy. The guy was really good. Now we're looking at it. Like he's a, you know, he's a, he's a tops top line center, but he's not like an elite. I don't think he's elite. I don't think so. I mean, don't, don't, I might be wrong. How's he started this year? After sitting out, right? He sat out a Pat- little bit. Pedersen hasn't been too good this year. It's been a slow start yeah, for him. Exactly. Um, but I'd also say, you know, he, he came back from an injury. came, you know, all those little things. But I still think Pedersen's a top 10 center in the league when he's at his best. But we're now two years <clears throat> removed from that, I guess, right? Because like really, last year wasn't great. I really hate the narrative that hockey players need to be big. But, like, this guy needs some weight, it seems to me. Because, like, I watched... You're a little quiet, uh, Martin. Man, still... I'll boost him in post. Don't worry. Okay. All right. As um, long as that's okay. Like, this guy... I watched Eric Brandstrom um, on Ottawa because I've been watching Ottawa games. And I Eric Brandstrom's all, obviously shorter, but he's still like just a small little dude um and he got crushed just absolutely wrecked <laughs> on a play <laughs> and it's like uh, unless you have like insanely good hands which i get elias Pedersen does um you're going to get figured out and the better bigger body players are going to hit you or out muscle you for the puck it's just like a fact um so until he figures out the how to completely avoid, he won't be because he needs to be like a ninety point getter to be like where Kale McCarr is. I would say. Yeah, yeah. The like Kale McCarr is almost a point per game defenseman. defenseman. So to be equivalent, you'd need like ninety to a hundred points if you just looked at points. I think Pedersen. There's a lot more than just points, like especially, you know, with his ability to, you know, stand out in almost every game he's in that, you know, he has that high level skill. So I I would Mm -hmm. still put him in the Kale McCart tier based off of Corey Pronman's 
tiers of projected elite NHL player, right? So I, I'd have Elias Pettersson there, but I also think Makar uh, is a little bit in another tier above Pedersen right now. Makar is kind of a number one, number two, number three in the NHL right now, whereas Pedersen's closer to 10, I'd say, in his uh, in, position. In that draft, honestly, I, I think it, I, I would have gone Makar, Heiskanen, Pedersen. Because I think Myra Heiskanen's really good too. That's a bit of well, a hot take, I feel. I think I think because again, what Eric said is they're by tiers, Heiskanen's, right? Like it's Heiskanen's at like a point per game this year. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think just the, I think it's maybe the the difference between lefty and righty, right? Like Makar is probably the best right defenseman in the league right now. This is true, right? Yeah, yeah, because uh, Fox is left-handed, right? Uh, no, Fox yeah. might be right. No, no, no. No, Fox no. is, yeah, you're right. You're Fox. Adam Fox is a righty, I think. Is he Someone's righty? fact check. Someone fact check this, please. This is, I believe me. he's a righty. There's but no yeah, looking. you're right. Those are like the, the top two guys, right? No one looked. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm looked. looking. No, I'm looking. My, my thing's loading. He's a righty. Shoots yeah, right. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. So, yeah, he's up. It's, it's basically that when you think of right defenseman right now, it's basically Makar. And it's basically um, uh, and and Adam Fox. When you look at left defenseman, I mean, and maybe McAvoy as well as a right defenseman, another yeah. top guy. Mm-hmm. But when you look at right-handed def- or sorry, left-handed defenseman, I could probably name you several more. I'd, I'd choose over Heiskanen at this point in time. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Heiskanen. But- I don't think Heiskanen's close to McCarr at all. Uh, at least not yet. I didn't say I don't- close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, but if we're behind, saying Patterson, he's he's above Patterson. But I also don't think he's really at Patterson's level yet. I think I think in his playoff run, he was. But I think that playoff run was the exception, not the norm for Heiskanen. I I can't comment on the comment on this season so far because I think I only watched one Dallas game, and the only reason I watched that game was because Kudobin, one of my fantasy goalies, was playing. Um. So I haven't watched too much Dallas, but uh, yeah, I think Heiskanen at his best is going to be where Pedersen is, sure, like in the playoffs, in his playoff run with Dallas, but I don't think he's shown that in a full regular season, whereas I know Pedersen, like Ty said, has had like a bad year or so, but before that he had two super elite years. So I give the benefit of the doubt to that versus one super elite playoff run, essentially. And starting out elite this year. Uh, Heiskanen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, again, I can't comment on that because I haven't watched, but assuming you're right, sure, point per game. Uh, But Dallas also hasn't been too great, so uh, let's say it's not Heiskanen's fault, though. But anyways, the, the list, the 2017 draft list, only gets interesting at number four because at number four, can you can anyone guess if you guys have pulled up like the 2017 draft from, uh, you know, Hockey DB or whatever? Can you guys guess who number four is? Nick Suzuki. I would think yeah, Suzuki. Yeah, it is. Hey, which I feel is how is it, is how's it quite, not Nico Hishier? I yeah, exactly. Or like how is Nikas, who's been better than Suzuki basically every year so far? Yeah, that too. Also not ahead. Like yeah. Nikas, I get Natchez, he plays Marty Natchez. Yeah, Nature, sorry. I get he plays with better players. He plays, he gets to play more time with, you know, guys like Sebastian Aho, but he's been better than Nick Suzuki for two years now. 
This um, season, for sure, for sure. Last season, I'd argue that's definitely incorrect. Too. If you're looking at hockey DDB, Suzuki has 12 points in 14 games. Nikas has six points in 11 games. Nature's. And then, shut up, Ty. And then Suzuki <laughs> has 41 points the last two seasons. And <clears throat> Nikas or Nikas or whatever his I career high is forty one. Nikas, Nikas, whatever. I there's like he's not. Yeah, sure, he's a little bit less games than Suzuki, but uh, I'll be right back. Suzuki has ninety four points in one hundred forty games, and Martin has eighty five and one hundred thirty six. Martin <laughs> doesn't even want to say anything. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to try to butcher it again. So I mean, like. Coming back to Eric's statement, um, Suzuki's not much better or worse. It seems like they could be equivalent. Suzuki was also like, I mean, he's he's picked it up the past few games. I mean, as you said, he has 12 points in 14 games. But last year, like he started out really well. And then and then like I, I don't think he scored very many goals. I don't I don't feel like he scored very many goals And this year. I don't feel like he scored very many goals to start either. Yeah, we all saw that, Eric. Don't worry. <laughs> we all saw that. It's not, it's not sneaky. It's not an invisibility right cloak on. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be sneaky. It was meant to be fast. Are, are we making? We're not making that a clip, are we? <laughs> I, I kind of missed it. I was looking at IMDb. Oh, brother. Oh, we all have to. You have to make it a clip. Um, I'll make it a clip. Um, Sixteen. Minutes. I would take. I would take Hishie. Is Hishie five or who's five? Hishie is even worse. It's he's seven. Who the hell is ahead of him then? Nishas Josh and Norris. Josh Norris. Yeah, yeah. And I can, I, I honestly, I can't see so you see, I can't see an argument for Josh Norris yet. But Josh Norris he's, he's is he? Good. He was really good last year. He's been good. He's been really good since joining Ottawa. He's like their. He's been. He's good. Being good he, this year yeah, too. I think that he was. He makes the the Eric Carlson trade look really, really good. Yeah, he does. Yes. Def- well, really, really good. And I, I don't even think anyone was really expecting him to be as good as he has been. I like everyone say- talking about Stutzler last year, but didn't. Uh, yeah. You know, Josh Norris was the real star on that team. I don't see him being like sure. an elite, elite. Oh well, first. Batherson and stuff. Well, but- yeah. Well, Batherson. Well, Jack, big Jake Bather or Drake Batherson's all the way at number eight. Yeah, he's he's again. He's also good. Like so. So I just want to say that Josh Norris. I don't think he'll ever be like a, a top number one center, but he could be a really good elite second line center. Wait, you feel me? Who, Josh Norris? Josh Norris. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, so the order was number four, Nick Suzuki, number five, Martin Nietzsche's, number six, Josh Norris. And those were all in tier four, which is the projected bubble NHL all-star and top of lineup player. It is really weird tiers. Yeah. <laughs> I like, Wait, I don't so even know what that means. But, next tier? But, and then his year was the next tier of projected top of lineup player. So I don't really know what that means, but... um. Basically, yeah, it so means like he, he's a he's a solid player, but not like an all star. Yeah, but I think he's sure is definitely fair. better than the top three, unless Josh Norris repeats his season from last year again. Hishie is better than Norris, um, for sure. Hishie yeah. is better, arguably better than Nietzsche as well. Nietzsche and Suzuki, and Suzuki. and Drake Batherson. Like I, I don't, I almost argue that tier five of Promen's rankings would 
belong almost in tier four. Heshear, Batherson, and Jason Robertson. And oh. I know how much you love Jason Robertson at number nine, Martin. <laughs> yeah, I like Jason Robertson. Uh, he originally went 39th overall. Drake Batherson originally went 121. Um, but yeah, Jason Robertson all the way at nine. I think he's better than Nick Nuchas right now. Probably not as good as Josh Norris, but if Jason Robertson has another year like last year, he's better than Nick Suzuki right now, too. Yes. And now we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. And now we'll get back into the show. I I think that Suzuki's like a really overhyped guy. I think that Montreal had that last year. And, And this year, I think he struggled because... You know, Deneau took all the top line responsibilities, right? Deneau, Deneau, yeah. Whatever line Deneau was on was shutting down the other team's first line. And now I guess Suzuki has to do the same thing. And he had good chemistry in the playoffs with Caulfield. And I think it was Caulfield and Anderson. Something uh, like Caulfield that. and Toffoli. Toffoli, yeah. And yeah, that, that line mean, was spectacular. Caulfield Very, was absolutely useless to start this year. And, and sent down to the AHL down. as a result. You know, I just want to say that that's Cole Caulfield top odds to win, you know, rookie of the year this year. <laughs> hey, for, no for, bullying him. Okay. hundred percent 40 goal score. Sure thing that everyone said. <laughs> that's that right? tweet was so funny. I don't care. The, the Utica comments or whatever that got in trouble Can, for it. Does someone have that tweet? Can someone pull that up? Uh, I remember people threw such uh yeah, but there's screenshots I, everywhere. There's screenshots. I'll find well, it. well, let's focus on the draft here, boys. We got a yeah, we'll, time. It says, yo, Producer Co- Luke Cole Caulfield, are you here? Uh, everyone kept saying you're here, but we haven't noticed. Did you not play the first period? I, I think that's so funny. I, I, I just yeah. That, that's re- like that. That's not bullying. <laughs> I mean, that's that's, that's aggressive. That is. It's an aggressive tweet from a team. It's account. definitely unprofessional. But I mean, very few. I mean, watch Vegas Golden Knights. Watch Carolina Hurricanes. Like, they don't make professional tweets anymore. Like, yeah, I, the whole social media world is moving towards the exact opposite of professionalism. Yeah. I was going through the 2015 draft and I saw Sebastian Ajo like 139 and I'm like, that can't be the same Sebastian Ajo. It's not. So I just needed to confirm that. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. So that's seven, eight, nine. Uh, And then there's a lower tier, tier six where um, there's a bunch of guys on, honestly like tier six and tier seven, it's kind of just a, Shit show, depending on how you feel about where's, different guys. Where's Uko Pekalukinen? He's not he even in the top 40. Where's he 2016? Ty, like. Ty, how do you feel about this? Uko Pekalukinen. He, he, oh, was he drafted this year? Ranked. He's not okay. ranked. Well, I'm all. telling you, in, that guy is a legitimate, a legitimate goalie. I know. I just know. <laughs> And you can Ty, also. I, I, I want to say I take your feedback. Was Mario Ferraro Nick's? Was Mario Ferraro in this draft? Ty's yeah. not done his thought on the goalie. I want to say I'm sorry, talking. Ty, continue. Um, sorry for interrupting you. I also wanted to say, Scout Ty listed Scout players Ty, yeah. back before talking hockey podcast was a thing. I will. I, I can revisit our chat history and Ty, uh, Drake this Batherson. Kind of seems trash. No, shut up. Uka Drake Batherson. Drake Batherson was a player I was very, very high on. Scout Ty, 100% loved Drake Batherson, said he was going to be a star in the league. And he's right. Again. Is he? What's his stats this year, Martin? Fact check. Know. He's scoring <laughs> a lot of goals. not from the 2017 draft, is he? 
Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He is. Luke, you're not listening because he was going eighth overall according to Corey. Oh, my bad. (laughs) He's 12 12 and 12. 12 points, 12 games. Thank you. That's not bad. That's really good value for a fourth round pick, fifth round pick, 120 something overall. Yeah, 120 would be fourth round, right? Mm -hmm. Very good value there. Super good value. Um, Okay, so anyways. Do that. Auto is pretty good at that. So to answer your guys' questions, Mario Ferraro is there. Number 29 which is really rough considering there's guys like Connor Timmons who hasn't played at all. Um, Jack Studnika, who's nothing. <laughs> I don't even know if he's really an NHL player right now, to be honest. Uh, Michael Rasmussen on Detroit. Not a, like, I, I don't know. Mario Ferraro is like arguably San Jose's best or second best defenseman right now. He's playing like top line, top top defenseman minutes apparently. yeah and he's doing but that well doesn't mean too. much it doesn't mean but much yeah. but he's also doing well you know decently well in those minutes too yeah. right so it's he's, absurd he's that pro, i don't know Promen has some weird ass rankings but anyways going to 10 before we even get into the 20s we got robert thomas at number 10 again robert thomas you know it, it, he he has the potential to be a top line player but he hasn't really realized it yet um, I think if you looked at this list a year ago, Casey Middlestat would have been out of the top 20. But for some reason, I think like people got really high on him this year, slash a little bit of last year. And he has him at 11 right now. Ahead of Heedle, um, Morgan Frost, who's been killing it, um, Kaylor Yamamoto, like a bunch of guys that have shown a lot more. Um. I wanted to say that uh, back, I think, in 2019, Corey Pronman let out a list of like top prospects on the NHL, and he, Casey Middlestat was literally number one on that list. Yeah, he's, he's always 2019, been, uh, he's always been guy. He loves Casey Middlestat. And I think he even had like Casey Middlestat like third overall K- in his mock drafts and things like that. Killer Yamamoto seems like he's flailed out. Like, Yeah, he had a really great rookie year, and then... Like it was almost wow, point he per had game. Really great 27, 27 yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. But that was also, you know, on the line with Dry and Nugent Hopkins, Nuge. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That line came together and was just unreal. Okay. Yeah. That's um yeah, yeah, he hasn't really but again, I still think he's shown more than KDC Middlestat has. But moving on, another uh at number twelve you got Philip Heedle on uh, the Rangers, Owen Tippett on Florida, and then Eli Tolvanen at number 14, Morgan Frost at 15. Tolvanen's another interesting one because, uh, Ty, like you said, like middle stat was number one on Corey Palman's list in like 2019 or whenever whenever that was. But Tolvanen was on everyone, Bob McKenzie, Craig Button, yep. probably Palman at some point. He was like... The, considered the best prospect outside the NHL for like a while. Remember because, all that hype? Yeah, he was killing the KHL as like an eighteen-year-old, right? Yeah. So everyone's yep. like, "Oh, this guy's a goal scorer." Came to Nashville, struggled a bit, didn't do what people expected. I mean, did they're nothing. still young. Went We're down to at, the AHL, yeah. and then also did at least that first year didn't really do anything. Um, and then a hot I think he, in the KHL that hyped him up. Yeah. So it, it, it's funny because uh, if you go and look back through all of Craig Budden slash Bob McKenzie slash all those guys, the top prospect outside of the NHL rankings, um, the top player is always 
like not even in the top 10 ends up not even having been in the top 10. Like it's absurd how wrong they always are when it comes to like the top. I, I can't remember the other guys that they've had up there, but middle stats, one of them, I don't remember Tolvanen's one of them. Like they're, you know, if you go back in previous drafts, dude, there's it's so often it happens. It, it's hilarious. It's like, it's a curse almost on players nowadays. Yeah. He's, he, it seems like he's just not designed for the NHL. Yeah, um, a couple guys below him, Tolvanen and Middlestat that make no sense. I get Hero and Tippett because you know they have they haven't really fully established themselves yet. Tippett's doing really well in Florida this year, I'm pretty sure. But uh, besides that, um, Morgan Frost has been really good with Philly, and doesn't make any sense to me why he's below those two. I don't know how much you guys. Have where's seen Where's Comtois? Comtois, he's all the way down 21. Uh, he's below Velarde, Glass, Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick's I, had a fall from grace. I want Jeez. to circle back, uh, Eric, and say that Morgan Frost hasn't really been killing it with the with the Flyers. He played 20 games in 2019, had seven points, played two games last year, and started this year in the AHL. Uh, I still think what he's done in those games have been excellent. I think that... Uh, he was undeserving of having been sent down at all in the first place. I think everything he's shown in the minutes that he's played shows that he could be a top six player in the NHL. Um, but again, I Vigneau is not a coach that I like, and he's a guy that's very known very well to not develop prospects very well. So I think that's where the issue lies. I don't think that the issue lies with Morgan Frost. In the minutes that he's played, he's been at the top in terms of creating chances, getting pucks to the slot, uh, transition numbers, like all this stuff that you want to look at for in a younger prospect. He's done well in basically all of them. So that's my take on it anyways. Clearly, NHL coach doesn't agree. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so below that, we've got uh, 16, Kaylor Yamamoto, and 17, Nolan Patrick. Ty, was it you that hated Nolan Patrick from the beginning? Not that I, I didn't, don't think I, it's, it's Martin who did, but I think that Nolan yeah. Patrick was just an unfortunate circumstance where he was always really good in junior and, and when he was able to play was really good. But then I think he had like a torn ACL in his draft year, didn't really play, or he had some major injury. I don't know if it was ACL, but it feels like it was something to do with that. Missed the year of development. He has concussion problems, I think. Has, he has migraine. He, Everything he missed, problems. Yeah, he has like a migraine uh, disorder. And, you know, luckily enough, I, I know that migraines can be seriously debilitating for people. You know, luckily, I don't want to experience those myself. But, you know, getting chronic migraines, mm-hmm. it's not uh, not a fun time from what I know. So, yeah, I yeah. I always thought he was, wasn't worth the first overall because, like, he never like he was a Band-Aid <laughs> coming in. He was then... he was widely believed to be like, you know, it, it's an unfortunate thing because. You know, mm-hmm. like you're taking a flyer on a guy who could be a, a star. He was projected by everybody to be, you know, top two. It was always like Nico versus Nolan, I feel, thinking back to four years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it turns out neither of them are even in the top, uh, yeah. according to prom and not even in the top uh, six. <laughs> and I think that that's what's interesting. Like, I mean, just to talk about this draft in general. Uh, I'm not sure how many more you want to go through, but just talk about this draft in general. You think, you look back at it, right? You had... 2013, Nathan McKinnon, right? First overall. 2014, yeah. Aaron Ekblad. I mean, he's 
had concussion injury issues, but he's, you know, top pairing defenseman in the league when he's, yep. when he's playing 2015, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, top two, right? 2016, Austin Matthews. So you had a pretty stacked top, you know, top draft class for the past four or five years. And then this year came along and there was no, there was no clear number one, right? No. Well, there was a clear top two though. There's a clear top two. At least at at the time, but not the, you know, arguably shouldn't have been, but yeah. But at the time it was very clear. Yeah. They weren't. And it was always said like, this is not, they're not going to be like Austin Matthews level, Connor McDavid level. Yep. They're not going to be top, all-star you know elite generational borderline generational talents right it's it's you're getting a a top six player essentially you know you're looking at your ea nhl 22 um uh what's it uh prom um potential right yeah yeah like you know they're, they're they're like a high top six forward potential green top six something like that you know, I mean, yeah. EA always has the top guys drafted as medium elite. Medium elite, yeah. But like yeah, these guys are. It doesn't change. So yeah, you're looking at it, it like Matthews. What, what's Matthews in, in NHL 22 this year? Like 93 overall. McKinnon's or not? Yeah, yeah McKinnon's like 95. He's a high franchise. Yeah, exactly. And right. McDavid's like 96 high franchise. Mm-hmm. These guys who are like would be like mid to high 80s. Yeah, and not to get too much into the (laughs) twenty eighteen draft yet. Like the top two guys, we'll talk about it. But you know, at least I mean, we should one of them. Yeah, might Might uh, skip through. Is there anyone else interesting here that you want to skip through to their list? Yeah, I want to talk to. But well, we talked about Mario Ferraro, how he's all the way down at twenty nine behind Nicholas Haig, Michael Rasmussen. I don't even know who David Ferentz is, to be 100% honest, but he has him at number 24. Does anyone know who that is? Who? <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Who? David, David Ferentz. Ferentz. Isn't yeah. he retired? Is what Andrew no, Ferentz. 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 Andrew Ferentz. That's Andrew Ferentz. <laughs> there you go. So, four people or three people that follow the NHL very closely and Luke do not know. <laughs> oh, David Ferentz. <laughs> David Ferentz is. In the third round, 92nd overall. Has played yeah. two NHL Left-handed games. Beat. Where's, where's yeah, Henry y- Yokoharu? He's at number thirty-one, and he was originally drafted twenty-nine. Where's so Klim? Right there. Where's Klim Costin? That's a good question, and he's not Shane Bowers. Costin isn't even in the top ninety. What? Yeah. I don't. See, oh wait, no, sorry, I missed him. He's at number fifty-three, behind a bunch of guys that I do not know. To be honest, yeah, see, there's the, a bunch the of guys. NHL here, pundits know. all love Klim Cost. <laughs> I mean, I don't really like they Klim Cost. Love him. He has four points in ten games this year. That's better than what I would have guessed, to be honest. But coming he's a, from he's, directly from the K last year. Yeah. Yeah. It, the uh, the other couple guys that were interesting, Leas Anderson, who's had a bit of a resurgence in LA, all the way down at number thirty four, originally picked seventh overall. So he's had a bit of a fall, or quite a fall. I don't think he ever quite should have fall. went in the in the top. He was never even projected to go in the top ten when he was. Where'd you put? Drafted. Where'd he put Gabe Velarde? Oh uh, yeah, Gabe Velarde is all the way up at nineteen. 
ahead of Comtois, Brandstrom, Mario Ferrero, uh, Yoki Haru, Kale, Calfoot, et cetera, et cetera. He ha- he, there's some like weird rankings here, like Ryan Palin, uh, ahead of like Caden Promo, ahead of Valamaki, who's been very good this year. Uh, Alexander Texas is down all the way at 47. He's better than he's been way better than at least like most of these guys in the 30s, and he's down all the way in for, at 47. So there's like a, you can't get everything right with these lists because you can't you just can't physically follow this many players. So I get mm-hmm. that. But there, there's some way like, I feel like there's some like obvious ones where if you just like even took a second look at their stats <laughs> without even watching them ha- having watched them play, you could be like, okay, this guy should be a little bit higher than than where he is right now, essentially. Um, yeah, that's kind of all the are there any other players you guys are curious about? Jeremy Swayman, Boston's starting goalie, all the way out at sixty one in a redraft. Right that ahead jacks. of Uko Pekulukinen at 63 at time. That Jacks Danica thing is weird to put him way up there. Yeah, there's there's the weirdest ones to me in the top, let's say top 30 are um Michael Rasmussen, David Ferentz, who again I don't know who that is. <laughs> um and then uh yeah, basically those two guys in the top 30. Then when you get into the 40s, there's a bunch of weird ones. Leah Sanderson, I don't think should be there. Ryan Paling, don't think should be there. Jonah Gadjovic. Okay, so what I'm hearing Gadjovic, is we can move on to is. 2018. Yes. yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I feel like if you have to say, I don't know who these people are, like four in a row. I, I just wanted like- to comment on the fact that there's some like really well-known guys that have been performing very well, and they're all the way down to like 40s and 50s and 60s. Mm. And these random guys that none of us know who they are in – like the thir- late thirties, early forties, and it makes no sense. Yes. Um. Anyways, okay. So now going to twenty eighteen. Ty, do you want to start off on your Dalian rant or how many rants? Uh, actually, done let me let me give some context first. So, uh, at in the first tier, he has one player and one player alone. Corey Promman. He has Sveshnikov in tier one. In tier two, this is where it gets a little interesting. Is uh. In the projected bubble elite NHL player and NHL all-star, that's a mouthful. and still don't really know what that means. Uh, he has Rasmus Dullian still at number two and Quinn Hughes down at number three, all both in tier two. How do you feel about that, Ty? I wish. Oh, man. So I remember seeing Rasmus Dahlin as a 16-year-old at the World Juniors right? World Juniors as a 16-year-old, everyone's like, this guy is the next sure top-pairing defenseman, Nick Lidstrom-looking guy, right? Yeah. And then was drafted, clear-cut first overall, and like, has disappointed. I've never seen a defenseman have so many highlight reel plays go (laughs) against him. I, I, I say this all the time and I joke about it all the time, but you can, and you guys roasted me last year. I'll never forget it. When I was giving my list of the top, you know, the top first overall picks in the past 20 years, I had Dolly yeah. down at like 15. You're like, he's good. What are you talking about? It, this is what I, this is what scout Ty saw. He saw the film. 
And literally, man, like there are highlight but, real goals but every Dalim single night. did not get walked as much as he has in the last two years in the first in this pre the two years before that. Okay, but like one season out of the NHL and the first, his first season in the NHL. You ever see but, like those those NHL videos or uh, Sportsnet plays the plays of the month or something like that or goals of the month, mm-hmm. goals of the week, whatever. And like literally, I've never seen a player on the opposite end of a highlight reel so often. <laughs> Right, like it's it's ridiculous, and I watch the Leafs but, who are but poor can you, defensively. Can you at least acknowledge that that wasn't happening earlier in his career? But what, like, yeah, but sure, but maybe they didn't. Maybe so they no, didn't give the, him the so minutes. The point, no, they they did. He still had you know playing, 18, 19 minutes a game. Wrist he got a lot of power play guy. time. Yeah, yeah, Wrist but Wrist was, was also not much better. Who's a worst defenseman this year? You look at the you look at the um, the uh, what's it, the gar or the war. Something like that. I think no, that so, they've both been so, negative yeah. three goals yeah, above replacement. Yeah, they've both been very, very, very bad. Equally as bad. And it's worse because Dalian at least has the skill that Ristolainen doesn't, which makes it worse. But what I – sorry, Martin. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm completely off. I'm back in 2017. Um, <laughs> no, Martin, then you can't talk. But Martin, where's Eric Brandstrom? Where were just one that second? Guy, I still have Eric, it open. That guy is not good. Brandstrom is twenty is twenty two, Martin. Okay. Go back. Yeah, right behind Comtois and Fermentin and Gabriel Verlardi. Anyways, back <clears> to so Ty, this this is my take on it. All right. I think you were right. I think you got it right. I think you were hundred percent you got okay. it right. He's fallen off, but I think you're you got it right, but I think your thinking was wrong. And essentially what I mean by that is I still think, Dalian, you, you, again, you're right. He's been terrible, like absolutely god-awful for two years now. And he just hasn't performed. And me and Martin believed in him. And we thought, hey, Dalian's too good to let Buffalo ruin. But I think you were negative on him, not just because of Buffalo, but because you just didn't like, you know, whatever you've, you've watched from him. Essentially, right? But I think what you got wrong is I think if Buffalo approached him right and approached his development, his training, and taught him just to play basic defense the way he used to play, I think he would still be as close to a star in the NHL right now. I think he's gotten worse ever since he stepped into the NHL. I think he's progressively gotten, let's say after his rookie season, he's gotten progressively worse. And I blame that solely on Buffalo. So again, I think you're right, but I think your approach, like you know, the backbone of your argument as to why what went wrong was isn't correct. I blame Buffalo because I don't too. think it's the players. I think it's the team. I think they've just completely let him down. And I think the evidence of that is he was better before Buffalo had an impact on his career than after, which is saying something when an NHL team can screw you up that badly. What do you think about that? What's your take? I'm just saying that he wasn't a generational talent that everyone thought he was going to be. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think most people thought he was generational. Well, he was a clear-cut number one, and they said this is a sure – basically, he was a sure thing, top-pairing defenseman. Yes, yes, yes. And I so there's this one Buffalo fan I see on Twitter. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but he basically said – Ristolainen made me mad. Darlene just makes me sad. <laughs> Basically, right? And he, he's like done with every, and like all the Sabres fans that I see on hockey Twitter. I mean, I, I only follow a specific people 
on Twitter. I just kind of lurk and see who's tweeting things. But all the people who watch Buffalo games are kind of like, yeah, sit Darlene, or fig- we got to figure this out or trade him while he, you know, he still has value a, a little bit while he, people think they can still fix him. But even mm-hmm. account for hockey, my favorite follow on Twitter basically was like, <laughs> and I know he makes sarcastic tweets all the time, but he made the joke, like even the Leafs can't fix and their elite development can't fix Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah. So, so if you look at Dahlin's first two years in the NHL, and we'll get to everyone else in this draft after, but uh, his first year in the league, 44 points in 82 games. Second year in the league, 40 points, but only in 59 games. Right? So that's the um, both injury and COVID, COVID-shortened uh, season. And then f- essentially right after that year, it was just completely downhill from him. 23 points in 56 games, which is, you know, a 40-point pace, or almost a 40-point pace, I should say, 34-point uh, 30, pace, whatever, regardless. Um, and it, everything just fell off from there. So I think the first year, first year and a half, where this is who Dalian is based off his skill level, and then I think the two years since then has been what has Buffalo act what Buffalo has done to him as a player. And I think in his first year and a half to two years, he showed that he could be a number one to top pairing defenseman. Like he was, I think he was a like, I think the, I think the scouts and the GMs and everyone else who was talking about him were right. I think he was a surefire top pairing defenseman. If he was just traded normally, right? Not like got excellent development with, Carolina or Anaheim who are known to turn out really good defensemen. I think if he just got like normal run of the mill support, he would have been, but Buffalo is just a, just literally cancer. I, I also think it's still a little too early, a little too early. Yeah. Defensemen take a little bit. Um, and the experience he has gained um, the problem is I don't see foresee Buffalo being good in the next like five years. So, so Dolan might just like waste away forever. Yeah. And he's got a cap uh, hit of $6 million till 2024 basically. So he's not going anywhere. They're not trading them. They can not, they can't trade back to back first round picks. That would be fucking horrendous for them. Like, that would just look awful. They might have to in another if everything keeps going this way for another year. You gotta look. You gotta look at. You gotta look at Ekblad. for like a couple of years after his rookie year in twenty eighteen, uh, when he was eighteen, um, he. They they were like, ah, uh, is he for two years there? They were like, ah, uh, is he really a top pairing guy? Is he a, really right. a top right. two guy? And then everyone, and then some people were like, yeah, he still is. He still is. Just have faith. Let him let him be. And I think Darlene's a little bit of the same because Florida also sucked at that time. Where yeah, Florida we have, we do and have I to remember sucking, sucking's yeah. harder on defensemen than on than on forwards because obviously sucking means defensemen are just getting the Ekblad only fully turned into a top number one defenseman in his one two three four five probably his sixth or probably sixth year in the nhl dolan's at what he's had three and this is his fourth Mm -hmm. so and covet covet's tough like covet's a difficult yeah 
Because Ekwa literally went 39 points as a rookie in 81 games, dropped to 36 points, but more goals, then dropped to 21 points. And this is kind of where he was minus 23 and everyone was freaking out and saying, okay, this guy might not be as good as everyone thought. And then, you know, the patience crowd went, just wait for it. And he slowly kind of climbed back up and really only hit his stride in 2019-2020 after going minus 23 and 21 points in 2016-2017. So like Martin said, you know, a lot of top defensemen, they start out really well, dip, and then kind of come back to life essentially, which could be similar to Ekblad is all we'll say. Similar to Darlene. I think that Svechnikov was the on. easy number one. Quinn Hughes, number two. I wouldn't even have Darlene until about like six yes we know well that. okay so let's go to <laughs> quinn hughes do you, i i do think it's a bit of a hot take to have Dolan above quinn hughes at this point considering quinn and, hughes last two years and, and i i don't even think that quinn hughes is like elite defensively yeah he like he, he i picture him like a morgan riley almost you know being sorry to bring it up as a leafs fan but he can generate <laughs> a lot of offense he can skate the puck but he makes a lot of mis- I mean, I, I mean, I watched one preseason game live. Scouted him with uh, with uh, head of amateur scouting Adam. Um, he made like a terrible, terrible giveaway. Led to a breakaway the other way. Um, again, it was a preseason game, whatever. But I mean, he's not good defensively in any time that I've seen him. No. He's good, great offensively. Not even going to d- deny that. Probably one of the top offensive defensemen in the league. He should be a left winger. Hughes, Hughes <laughs> will figure out. Hughes will figure out the defensive side. I actually, I don't doubt him on that. I think it's going to be so, some. You know, if you look at the way uh, Jared Spurgeon defends, Quinn Hughes does approach it kind of similarly. Something. At least he did in his first year. Something um, Quinn Hughes, I think, struggles with, and 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 every time I've seen him struggle, it's because, like. He's going back to get the puck. Some te- some players hard on the forecheck on him, and he'll turn it over, or he won't make the right play because yep. he's he's a smaller guy. Yes, he's very mobile. He can probably outskate himself of a lot of situations, but when there's a hard forecheck on him, he struggles. But remember, guys like Jared Spurgeon don't let that happen. Like I think Spurgeon in his early years did, and now he doesn't struggle with that anymore. I think that's something that you have to learn. And I think Quinn Hughes is a good enough passer and skater to learn to get away from that, essentially. Okay. So, I agree with that. I, I can see it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think he's great. I'm not going to deny that at all. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Okay. And then, so the list, this is where, you know, some of the guys we're not going to talk about too much once we get past like nine or 10. But uh, number four, Brady Kachuk. I think that's kind of obvious. Um, he stays where he's supposed to be. Yeah. He stays where he's supposed to. Um, I think Joel Farabee is kind of uh, up there with him right now. Uh, I Joel Farabee has been really, you know, if you want to pull up the stats on him, he's been really, really impressive in Philly. Um, you know, I, I said that about Frost too, but at Frost, uh, but Farabee's actually been in the NHL largely and scoring, um, yeah. last year. Yeah, and scoring. He's 20 goals last year in 55 games and 38 points, and then this year, six points in 10 games. Um, he, he's killing it. Um, he doesn't actually necessarily only play with the top players, too. He's kind of moved up and down the lineup. And, you know, again, not good with developing players, but even despite that, um, he's been really good. So I think I think if you look at last year, compare Farabee to Kachuk, I think Farabee was right up there with Kachuk, and I think he can enter that uh, that level, that tier with Kachuk. 
this year, depending on how he performs. Um, the guy that uh, at num- uh, number five, obviously Farabee. Then at six, you got besides a- the fact that Chuck had two hundred more, exactly two hundred more hits, and <laughs> almost exactly a hundred more shots. Yes, many many more shots, but somehow not many more goals. <laughs> hundred more uh, shots, zero, zero and- more goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he score twenty last year? Three less goals. <laughs> so a hundred more shots and three less goals than Fairby. I've always said that that yeah, like Brady Kachuk is crazy because two hundred led... more hits. So yeah, like, yeah, that, that's what that's what's important. Really, yeah, that's why he's. Is that really like how many how many how many how many shot how many goals is that like three? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe that pot. adds three 200 hits equals maybe three goals give or take it minus is three goals from another team possibly <laughs> okay next up evan bouchard probably next no actually evan bouchard isn't even yeah what? he's a he's a ways down which is again very surprising okay so at number uh, all these players are in the same tier tier five okay um at number six you got ty smith Number seven, you got Krill Marshenko. Number eight, oh, this is a really weird pick, Gregory Denisenko. Very odd. Uh, number nine, Rasmus Sandin. Number 10, Niels Lundqvist. 11, Barrett Hayton. 12, Kaylin Addison. And 13, Jesper Kokniemi. That's a very weird sequence of players, in my opinion. I think um, out of all of those with, players yeah. you you listed, sorry, I mean this is this is not even my bias, but I think Rasmus Sandin is is at the top, or maybe even could be in the tier above this. I, uh, I I'd argue I'd put kind of Craig, uh, not Craig Smith, Ty Smith, uh, there too, but that's kind of picking, you know, I, one or the yeah. other type thing. I got to be honest. I think that I said that Ty, I, if you go back to again to my scouting, Ty Smith was never a guy, even though we share the same first name. Um, he was you never really. a guy. I, well, not really. Not really. Your first name, not brother. Really. Yeah. Your first, first name's Tahir. Yeah. Well, maybe his is Tahir as well. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, why Ty is Smith your name had... on this what? today? Uh, Ty's name on this today is Lack. Lack. Latch. 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 I don't know yeah. why. Why? why? Anyways, Ty Smith last year played 48 games and had 23 points. That's a very good rookie year. I I think he's better than Sandine at this point. I think you until Sandine plays enough games to actually, you know, show show it, I think you have to put Ty Smith above him. Especially because Ty Smith did that on New Jersey last year. And do you remember how bad New Jersey was last year? (laughs) I think another bad team. As I mentioned before, I was like, Evan Bouchard isn't in this list. I think that he's, again, I have watched maybe two or three Edmonton games this year on, you know, the late night hockey night in Canada. And I I like legitimately, I think he was uh, Edmonton's best defenseman when he was on the ice. Right. Uh, yes, yes, hundred percent. I absolutely believe 100%. that. So I'm I'm surprised that he's not uh not in the tier above or not in this tier. Uh, the the other weird ones is uh I guess Marshenko and Denisenko. Um, Denisenko is only played in the AHL so far from my memory, and Marshenko, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, right? Um, both those guys seem a bit high to me. Barrett Hayton hasn't really shown anything yet, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially to be all the way at number 11. I know. And it's actually funny that the third and fifth overall picks are showing up here at 11 and 13. Jesper Kotniemi is the highest paid player in this draft right now, other than, or sorry, in this tier right now. Um, but uh, <laughs> is also below. Some high paid players. I remember yeah, yeah. I meant in this tier, not draft. I remember Kakaniemi, uh, when Adam was like sending me, we were talking about the draft and then the draft was coming up. Adam was like, they're definitely taking this guy because even though he might not have been the, the top player or the best player available third overall, he was, a center. he was a center who Montreal really, really needed, played him right away. And actually his rookie year was pretty good, especially when you look at it defensively, like Evolving Wild yeah. had him like as one of the top defensive forwards in his rookie year. I'll never forget that because Adam sent me the stats. He's like, look at this. He's great. But then really struggled. Just fell apart after that. Like it's it, even like his offense, man, like 34 points as a rookie down to eight points in uh, way less games, 36 games next year. But, but that's because they sent yeah. him down to the AHL after he struggled for the f- first half of the NHL season, essentially. Yeah. And then he did go point per game in the AHL, to be fair to him, but only one goal and 12, assi- 12 assists. Yeah. And then um, last year was just, I mean, in the playoffs, he was pretty clutch in the playoffs. He was scoring a lot of big goals, but in the regular season, I don't think he did shit. Yeah, uh, playoffs last year, five goals, eight points in 19 games. So he did decently. Um, the... Six million dollars is not looking good for him right now, considering what he's done so far. Uh, but and considering you know, they have to give him, don't they have to give him that no matter as what? a qualifying offer? Which was always smart. It was smart offer, for him. They'll just let him. They'll just let him go to free agency and yeah. then resign him after. If it anything. was smart. There's for no him, way they're like, going to sign him yeah. to six million dollars. <laughs> like that offer, she was smart for him to sign because he either you know gets a six million dollars and gets paid next year again. Or he gets a six million dollars and can be a UFA at twenty one years old, and I don't think anyone else can ever say that, right? Yeah, I think the only loser in that whole scenario is Montreal. They, they don't even they uh, won. They, they, they took the first round pick Dvorak's with Christian good. Dvorak. Yeah, Dvorak's yeah. a huge upgrade over Kakaniemi, I'd say. I mean, yeah, yeah. Montreal Dvorak sucked this year, but I don't think. Good. I don't think. Thing that is, Montreal I'd rather have a third pick, overall yeah. pick than Dvorak in a first. I'd rather have a third overall pick. Like if you look at, you know, you know, the third best player in, you know, 2017 draft is Miro Heiskanen. You know what I mean? Like you can get a lot of value with the third overall pick. So they, well, they fumbled that completely. Yeah, they could like have absolutely fumbled Quinn Hughes. That. Imagine Quinn Hughes with Shea Weber. I mean, like, yeah, like Shea Weber is not what he was like last year, for example, but got Shea, Shea Weber's Weber. not in the league anymore. I know he's not, but I'm saying like last year. Oh. Montreal, or even two years yeah. ago. Bo- right? Evan Bouchard's all the way down at 24. Um, that doesn't they make have sense Alexander me. Romanov at 17. That doesn't make sense. Um, to me. Ew. They have uh, Vitaly Kravstov. Kravstov's another one of the guys. Tolvanen and Kravstov, both considered the best prospect outside the NHL by Button, by McKenzie, et cetera, et cetera, and both nothing. Well, Vitaly, I think, just never got the chance with the Rangers. And yeah, but I don't think that. even dis, you know, despite he, there's a reason. I think there is, anyways. I think there's also a reason he didn't get an opportunity with the Rangers, and it was that he's just not there yet. <laughs> to be like very honest, like where'd you where'd you say Wallstrom is? Wallstrom's twenty nine. Originally where's, picked eleventh overall. Where's Noah Dobson? Noah Dobson, he's all the way at 15. 
originally picked 12th. So he's kind of, uh, I think he should be above like Kalen Addison. I think Kalen Addison's ranking is really weird. Like he's in uh, uh, Montreal now and he hasn't really played or anything like that. He's been good in the AHL. Um, Addison, yeah, he's in, yeah, he was traded from, uh, he was traded from, yeah, he was traded from the Penguins to Minnesota in the Jason Zucker deal. Yeah, so that's not much. Do you say Montreal or do you say Minnesota? Uh, I thought I said Minnesota, but maybe I did say Montreal Montreal. because I'm an idiot. I meant, yeah, this was like, yeah, he's on Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I meant meant to say Minnesota. Um, But him at ranked at number 12 is odd. Barrett Hayden at number 11, even though he was picked at number five and he shouldn't have been picked at number five, even at the time. That looked weird. That was another draft based off of position, right? Also, it it was your stats boy who just drafted random. Yeah, and time. even even yeah, <laughs> I don't know what stats he looked at with Barrett Hayden to determine that, but none of the stats so, that I've seen were like Barrett Hayden number five overall. Where uh, this is where so this this is where it was weird because um, who was on the board? Zadina was on the board. Quinn Hughes were on the board. Was on the board. Boquist was yep. on the board. You know, mm-hmm. and then they just take Barrett Hayden off the off the board essentially, who was like ranked in the twenties. Yeah, there there was a lot of guys that. Should looked way better than than him. I, I wanted later. to say that this this um, uh, article, Corey Promen totally forgot to put Philip Zadina on it at first. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he did. Yeah. And then you could tell he kind of went and threw him yeah. in here at twenty three right after. <laughs> also, uh, the, this this is so bizarre. Do you remember Kevin Ball, B A H H L? Yeah, he has him at eighteen, <laughs> ahead of. Bouchard, Zadina, Sharon Nagovich, who's had a 40-point year last year. Um, Oliver Wallstrom, who's been very good. Like, like I don't know why. It's such a bizarre placement. It's so random. Because it's not even that he was he had a hype draft pedigree. He was drafted 55. 55th overall. <laughs> and then he moves him up all the way to 18, right behind Alexander Romanov. They have, like, Noah Dobson, Adam Boquist, and... Romanov will all played like 50, 60 games in the channel, and then Kevin Ball at number eight, 18. I had a Liam Foody, Bernard Docker, Zadina, Bouchard, Shernagovich, Wallstrom, Kupari, like a bunch of guys. It makes no sense. That is such a bizarre ranking for him. So, so Eric, you're judging uh, like uh, Craig Button's lists and stuff of non playing players and how high they have them sometimes um how does promen's list do <laughs> the, i i've only really recently followed promen so i can't say like i followed tsn for like you know years and years right so i've always been very familiar with button and mckenzie promen has only really come across my radar in the last like three to four years so it's hard to you know give my take on his history i think He's very old school in his rankings compared to a lot of other people at the Athletic. Um, I think he does a decentest job, but I think you can still see where his biases come from. Tall, big defensemen tend to rank higher. Um, really physical players tend to rank higher. Um, he falls in love with. You can tell he falls in love with guys. Casey Middlestat. You know, there's a bunch of random guys that he kind of just falls in love with and ranks way too highly. But, you know, that happens to a lot of draft, um, uh, sorry, scouts, basically. So 
but again, he just—you can so clearly see from his rankings that like he pays attention to some things and doesn't to others, and that's why he ranks them higher instead of like maybe getting some like outside opinions on players to kind of adjust his rankings based off that. Like maybe more of a journalist would. <laughs> um, but that's just my take on him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing else to really talk about this list, though. I think that's kind of it. Um, that's that. Those are all the big things that I kind of wanted to mention. Do you guys have anything else? Any other players you want to talk about? Where's Dominic Bach? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> who is that? Is that an hey, Ottawa player? No, where is he? He's on Carolina. <laughs> no, I, he's not on this list. He's not on this list. What? Or at least he's not in the top. To? He's not in the top sixty. He's not even in the top ninety, as far as I can see. Fair. Uh, he was just really liked when he got drafted. Uh, people compared him to like, because he's German, and this is the only reason they compared him to like Dreisaitl and stuff. Yeah, every um, ger- every German player gets compared to Dreisaitl yes. now. <laughs> but he was he he was drafted twenty fifth. Like it's not like he's out of nowhere. <laughs> like True. he was twenty fifth. So him being off this list, it's he he has completely fallen off. Like I'm looking at I looked at his stats and he's completely just gone. Yeah, he, he's not in the top ninety here. Where, there are where's some like Andre Miller, uh, number fifth. 14. Oh, yeah, wow. Right ahead of Dobson. Like, he has, again, he's another guy. He has him really high. I like Keandre Miller. I'm not sure if I'd have him 14. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I do, I don't think it's absurd to have him there. I think the absurd ones in his rankings for 2018 are um, guys like Dennis Sanko being so high, Barrett Hayton being so high, Addison being so high, Kevin Ball being so high. Um, those Where's- Those types of guys. Where's Valeno? Valeno's at number 30, so exactly where he was drafted. <laughs> All right. Luke, do you have any comments about the drafts? Prospects? No, I'm good. Who are you very yeah. high on? <laughs> uh, I'm really high on everyone that Eric's high on. Actually, I'm a high. I'm more high on people that Tyre's high on. Thank you. Scout Ty's yeah. never been uh, wrong. That's sh- sh- just awful. No. No, it's very like true. I Can we start... Um, are are we cutting just for my knowledge? Are we cutting out the whole beginning part of Ty's um date D A T E? Yeah, most of it. <laughs> okay, and then we're also yeah. cutting this That's part out. Then. Aww. Mm, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm gonna keep Luke. the intro part in where it's where it says everybody Ty has a date on Saturday. We should just I'll keep that part in. Do not board. share that one on. on we Instagram. should just keep all of it. All of it. Just keep all, all of it, it and then make I'll a post of specifically Ty's no, dating no, no, life. No, 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 no. And let's share it. I'll keep all should, of it for should, future. I should, it. I should have said it like right in the middle of Ty saying something important. Yeah, because the thing is, Luke, <laughs> you can talk about things here. Luke doesn't edit this far in the podcast. So he just yeah, yeah, he gets, lazy, and, yeah. he gets lazy after the yeah. – I actually do. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, sure. Never forget um, that time where I, I sent Luke the clip, and I'm like, Luke, this is playing at like three times speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, say this all, you, you bring it up all the time. Get it's another because of how thing. absurd it is, though. Like, how did you not – even when he sent it just as You're is. Like, what's wrong with I this listen clip? to everything. I listen to everything. I watch every YouTube video. I listen to every podcast in double time. I don't know. It's just you, you, you watch YouTube videos like that too. Yeah. Jesus, that's extreme. if it's like just com- I just watch commentary stuff, right? Like it's not. 
I would never watch like a music video in double time or anything like that. Yeah, Luke, yeah Luke's time is very valuable, as you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. I, honestly, okay. I just wanted to go by faster. Um, Bob Murray resigned. Made it. They made yeah, a statement I, I during the podcast. I think we're past time, aren't we? Because Ty it's has okay. to go. Nine fifteen. No, okay. Ty has already missed oh, the bus. So we already missed it. We're fine. Yeah, the bus um, is apparently, the bus Bob Murray was resigned uh, because and entered an alcohol abuse program. I mean, almost everyone. The call came through the NHL hotline, and almost everyone that has ever worked with Bob Murray sounds really unsurprised by this. So, I mean, <laughs> how long have we been letting this guy just abuse players? Like, Some, apparently, some it was players. Somebody staff, tweeted like everyone. Um, I think Cam Robinson, who. Uh, Works at Elite Prospects. He used to work at Dauber Hockey. He tweeted, um, he's like, the only stories I've ever heard about Bob Mar- Murray have been bad stories. Yeah. like, <laughs> And I was like, where where has everyone been talking about this? I've never like heard anyone talk about. I've heard like one or two things, but never like a epidemic of bad stories revolving around Bob Murray. I just mean like how, how, how long has the league protected these people or, or like – not known. Maybe the hotline is a good thing that people are reporting it now, but I, I don't know. Everyone's saying that he abused players would torment them and be really threatening with them. So I don't know. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, at I least really he's checked himself into the, yeah. I mean, at least he's checked himself into the rehab. That's a PR abuse. move. Yeah. A hundred percent is, but was 100% uh, part of his resigning is he had to check into Yes. It's probably, you have to resign it's and just, do this. It's just making, like, a, a, again, I don't want to get into a whole conversation about how bad the NHL has been about preventative measures and PR issues and everything like that, because I think we've harped enough about that over the last two other episodes. But, like, the, like this stuff just keeps piling on, and it's awful and embarrassing. Carrie Price said uh, that's the only other thing I think that's we were really talking sad. about. I mean, at least there's Did clarity the of it. Uh, um, I don't have it on top of my head, but it's something he wasn't prioritizing his mental health. over. He let it deteriorate over the last four years and then um, substance use. He didn't say substance abuse, which is good. Like substance use. I don't know what substance. No one knows what substance. But I mean, I think Carey Price is one of the very few people in the NHL that everyone would rally around no matter what team you're from. Yeah, he's just a good guy. Just seems like a good just guy. Just a good guy. Just seems like yeah. a good guy. So can't, you can't not like Carey Price. Hoping for the best for Carey. Proud of him for for doing that. Eric's laughing at something to the side of him. <laughs> I don't know what he's laughing. Is it? Do you have a cat or something? What? No, it's the, <laughs> well, Luke the person it. that snuck yeah. in last. <laughs> yeah, what are you oh. talking about Luke? <laughs> oh, I, that's what I missed. Serena's there with him. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, she's right beside me. So yeah, well, we gotta go leave him for four, saying, leave him up, for four days. I'm not hey, saying it. She hey, is. I I I, I want to say that we might go live while we're drunk at the cottage. Oh, oh. yeah, we could do that. <laughs> I mean, this is coming out Friday, so yeah, you'll be we there. Might, we might go live Friday. We're cutting this out of the podcast, right? <laughs> no, that's gonna be. This is gonna be the clip. I'll, I'll merge the part where you snuck her in with the end of this podcast episode, <laughs> where we call you out on oh, it. Oh God! Does her does your family know she's there? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. 
At least you're not in the back of the car anymore, right? This time, <laughs> oh God, that's gonna go down. <laughs> this time last year, you were you only had one place. You had to resort to the back of your okay, car. Okay, end of podcast. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K, and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week.